Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, coming back to bring you another scary tale of terror. Thank you for tuning in and welcome back for another episode of The Haunted Collection. It is now July the 1st and we're in for a three-day weekend. I'm a little late bringing this episode to you. I, I wanted to get one done before the month of June ended, but it didn't work out. But here I am, right here on this lovely Friday evening, about to start a three-day weekend. If you're traveling for the 4th of July, I... Wish you safety and have a good weekend. Or if you're at home enjoying a cookout or just being with your family and shooting off some fireworks, I hope you have a great time and that you stay safe and maybe even enjoy a scary story or two around a campfire. Before we get into my scary story for this evening, I just want to welcome you over to my website, myhaunteddolls.com. Come on over and shop and buy yourself one of my several published books, ghost stories, horror novels. There's even a brand new book I put out a few months ago called Dark Awakening and Other Tales for a Midnight Hour, which is a collection of original, short, scary, and supernatural stories I wrote. If you want to be able to read that story or any of those stories, you need to buy the book, so be sure to do that. They are also located on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Kindle, and some of my books are even, a couple of them are even on audiobook. You can find those on Audible or Amazon or even iTunes, so please be sure to check those out, and I appreciate your support. Be sure to visit my YouTube channel. My Haunted Dolls, and subscribe and like my videos. I've got some wonderful evidence videos and story videos out there, and there's even a live show I do every Tuesday night with Abnormal Alabama, so be sure to check those out as well. And now let's get to our story for this evening. Now this story is based on one of my favorite urban legends, and I can't believe I haven't shared this one yet in the years I've been doing this show, but here it is tonight. I don't want to say which urban legend, although you've probably guessed it by the title of the story on the episode listing, but this is my own little little version of this legend, my own own version that I wrote not only to pay homage to the legend, but to one of the movies that came out back in the 70s based on this legend. So, without further ado, let's get this thing started. It's called Babysitter Horror. Sixteen-year-old Mandy Thomas really enjoyed her part-time job babysitting. 
It was easy to do after school hours and on the weekends. And the few couples who hired her had really nice kids who went to bed on time and never really caused any problems for her other than maybe being a little fussy at times. The year was 1995 and the town that Mandy lived in was the typical Midwestern little town that has just a few shops, fast food restaurants, and gas stations. Most of the town consisted of residential neighborhoods, with the majority of the shopping, dining, and other conveniences located in the next town over and just a short drive away from these neighborhoods. The Michelsons hired Mandy to babysit their little Amber and Jacob this particular Friday evening, and Mandy was excited because they paid quite a bit of money by the hour. Little Amber was nine and Jacob was six. The kids were homeschooled and amazingly polite for their ages, thanks to their mother's tutelage. Mandy arrived to the two-story suburban home right at 6 in the p.m., exactly when Mrs. Michelson asked her to come. She always liked to be on time for her clients. She rang the doorbell and was met with the same excited greetings as usual from the middle-aged couple. She already knew the layout of the house and the routine of emergency numbers and etc., so Mr. Michelson quickly told her where the party they were attending was located, and he left a number for the location next to the kitchen phone in case she had any concerns this evening with the children. Amber and Jacob had already eaten their dinner and now sat in their pajamas watching TV in the den. After the Michelsons left, Mandy joined the kids as they giggled at their favorite animated movie. However, disinterested in what they were watching, Mandy sat on the sofa behind them and tuned everything out while she twirled a strand of her long blonde hair with her finger and daydreamed about Bobby, her boyfriend. She wanted to be on a date with him, but needed the babysitting money, and besides, he was working with his buddies on completing a school project this evening that was due by Monday, and they had to get it in on time. Tomorrow night, they'd have their date and perhaps catch a movie in the next town. Eight o'clock rolled around, and the children, having finished their movie, went off to bed downstairs. Mandy helped them get tucked in, and after the kids brushed their teeth and they turned out the light, she closed the bedroom door and returned downstairs to the den. Just as she reached the sofa, the phone rang in the distance. The Michelsons had two phones downstairs and another one somewhere in the upstairs area. The one in the hallway next to the stairs was a little further away, but the one in the kitchen was a little bit closer to her, so she decided to go there to answer it. Mandy went to the kitchen counter where the phone sat and answered it. Her boyfriend, 
Bobby spoke from the other end. Hey, babe. I just wanted to call and let you know that we are getting our project finished earlier than we thought. What say I come over afterwards? His offer excited her. She knew the Michelsons would not return until 11.30 or after, and this would give plenty of time for Bobby to stop by and spend some time with her. He was just a year older than her and quite a hunk for a high school boy with his muscles bulging and his chest lean and tight. She could not stop herself from giggling and she felt her face flush. Sure, she answered and calmed herself. The kids are in bed now and the parents won't be home for another three or four hours, so we've got time. Do you know where to find me? Ah, yeah, no problem, he replied. Your friend Kara gave me the address as well as the number to reach you, so I know where to come. I know that neighborhood pretty well. I got a buddy who lives there, so I should be there in about an hour. They ended the call, and Mandy returned to the sofa with a can of soda that she snagged from the Michelson's fridge. She sipped the cool, soft drink and thought of Bobby with a smile. After a while, she drifted off to sleep. The jingling of the phone in the kitchen awakened her. She sat up quickly on the sofa and looked around. The clock showed that already an hour had passed. Oh, Bobby would be there any minute. But maybe that was him on the phone. Maybe something came up. She shook her head to help wake herself up, and she hopped up from the sofa and hurried into the kitchen before it stopped ringing. Hello, she answered, and heard the excitement in her own voice. She really needed to control herself, she thought. I don't want to make Bobby think I'm too easy. But only dead air answered from the other end of the line. Hello, she asked, this time a little unnerved at the silence. Finally, she detected the sound of slow breathing coming from the other end. Who is this, she asked, knowing this was most likely a prank caller. Bobby, is that you? If that's you, I swear. You really should check on the children. A low, husky voice, like that of an older man, answered her from the other end. This voice definitely did not belong to Bobby. Who are you? she asked with a bit of a stammer. Mr. Michelson, is that you? Even as she asked the question, the other end of the line disconnected. Mandy lay the phone back down in its cradle and took a breath. To her surprise, it jingled again immediately. She snatched it up from the cradle. Hello? Hey, babe, Bobby answered. I'm finally on my way now. Sorry I got held up. But get ready, because I'm coming. Mandy let out a breath of relief. Bobby, did you put someone up to pranking me? A small hesitation on the other end. No way. Why? What happened? 
she wiped her free hand down the side of her face and realized she was slightly sweating. Oh, it's nothing, just a prank caller, I guess. It had to be someone I know, because he knew I was babysitting. He asked me if I'd check the children. Bobby hesitated again. When he spoke this time, he sounded a lot more serious. Do you have all the doors locked there? Yeah, I think so. You better check them just in case, he said. I'm going to get there as fast as I can. I want to keep you company and make sure no one's fooling around with you. I don't like this. With that, he ended the call. A lot more nervousness had crept up into Mandy as he spoke before hanging up, but she felt relief wash over her, knowing that Bobby was on his way now, finally. Before she could leave the kitchen counter to go make her way upstairs and maybe give the children a little check on, the phone rang again. Did Bobby forget to tell her something? Hello, Bobby, she answered. I said that you should really check on the children, the mystery man's voice said again. This time a bit more menace could be detected in his voice. Mandy slammed the phone down. She hurried and checked the front door, the back door, and even the garage door. All were closed and locked. Finally, she approached the stairs and walked softly up to the children's bedroom. When she reached the door, she softly turned the knob and allowed it just to open a little crack, just enough for her to take a peek inside. The children remained in their beds under their covers asleep and quite still. Satisfied that they looked okay to her, Mandy closed the door gently and returned downstairs to await Bobby's arrival. Five minutes passed, and after returning downstairs, she just paced the floor a little, trying to think of any places that she might have forgotten to check. The basement? Nah, no one could get in there. The laundry room? Before she could think any further, the phone jingled again. She hurried to the kitchen counter and answered it. How were the children? The man said again and this time giggled. Mandy quickly slammed the phone down and looked toward the windows. He was out there watching her. He had to be. He could see her. He knew when she left to check the children. He knew when she came back down. He had to be out there. She quickly picked up the phone again and dialed 911. When the operator answered, Mandy quickly introduced herself and described everything about the weird phone calls. Are you there alone? The operator asked. No, Mandy responded. There are the two children who I'm babysitting. They're both upstairs in bed asleep and my boyfriend was on the way over. Good, replied the operator in a calm tone. At least you have someone there to keep you company. 
I'm sure these calls are just some kind of prank. Perhaps a neighbor making trouble. I wouldn't worry about it, but if you'd like, we can start a trace on the calls to that number you're speaking to me from. Is that where the calls are coming in? Yes, she answered. Then you just need to be sure when he calls again to keep him on the line for at least a full minute so we can trace. Mandy agreed thankfully and the call ended. One full minute went by. And she thought to herself, That's how long I've got to keep this crazy guy on the line? He he gives me the willies. What if he... But what if he won't stay on the line with me that long? She knew it would take all she could to give to keep him on the line. But she definitely would find some way to keep him talking, no matter how disgusting it made her feel. Perhaps even flirt with him so they could trace the call and get to the bottom of this. Oh, the Michelsons. Perhaps she should call them too. She did not want to scare them about the situation, especially if it really did turn out to be just a prankster, but still they might get mad if she didn't let them know right away that some stranger was calling the house and possibly leering outside. Mandy checked the notepad on the counter near the phone and found the number for the party. She picked up the phone and dialed the number. A man answered, announcing the name of the residence, and she could hear voices in the background. Definitely a party. Hi, I'm looking for Mr. and Mrs. Michelson, she told him. They should be dining there or somewhere around there. I'm their babysitter and I need to speak to them. The man asked her to hold while he checked for them. After a minute passed by, he returned to the line. I'm sorry, ma'am, but they seem to have left already. She hung up a little disappointed. She started thinking they might go ahead and come home and relieve her so she could leave with Bobby and go do something fun, finally get away from this weird caller for good and get her mind on something else. By the way, where is Bobby? She asked herself. I hope he gets here soon. It's only a few miles to his friend's house. Once he did get here, she made up her mind to ask him to stay until the Michelsons returned home, no matter how much trouble she got into for it. She wasn't supposed to have boys over, but she would just explain the true situation about the calls and just say that she called Bobby over for protection. They'd understand. They certainly wouldn't mind that. As her thoughts drifted through her mind, she found herself wandering into the living room to the front window that looked out over the lawn and the front porch and driveway. Pulling aside one of the curtains just enough to take a peek out the glass, she startled as she noticed Bobby's car already parked on the side of the street in front of the house. It sat empty. He was here already? But where is he? Why hadn't he knocked yet on the front door? She glanced around the yard, 
The light from the street lamp beyond the front yard gave just enough dim light to see by, but she saw no movement. No Bobby. Nobody. Perhaps he went around to the back. She made her way back through the living room and back through the kitchen toward the back door. As she passed by the telephone on the counter again, it rang as if it knew she were there, causing her to halt in her steps and the breath to catch in her throat. It screeched out at her again like a screaming baby. She reached a shaky hand toward it and answered it. You should not bring friends over when you're supposed to be babysitting. The heavy voice on the other end rasped at her. She swallowed hard as she searched for the words to respond. Have you seen Bobby? The voice hesitated on the other end before answering. I saw him. I saw him outside. She cleared her throat to try to sound more sure of herself. Well, where is he? With me, he hissed and cackled. Where are you, she said, struggling to keep calm. I'm close. Mandy found herself glancing nervously at the kitchen window and the darkness beyond. Was he really out there watching her right this minute? Perhaps he had one of those new kind of cell phones. Was Bobby actually behind this? It had to be some sort of prank. Whoever this is, she stammered, you'd better cut it out right now. I've called the police. You called the police? He asked in almost a shout. Well, she hesitated, not wanting to lose him. No, not really, but but I might if you don't stop. A chuckle came from the man on the other end. I don't think they'd come in time anyway. She swallowed hard again at the cocky assuredness in his voice. Part of her mind screamed at her to hang up the phone, but she knew she needed to keep him on just a little longer in order for the call to be traced properly. Struggling to keep the bravery in her voice, she finally responded with, I suppose you think that is supposed to scare me. He chuckled again. You want me to scream or something like one of those big booby women in those stupid horror movies? Once again, the creepy chuckle. And then, No, I just want you to bleed. Mandy could not contain herself this time. She slammed the phone back on the cradle. Not really thinking clearly at the moment, she stormed her way back through the house to the front door, a mixture of both terror and anger blending her thoughts. As she walked by the side table near the stairs, where the second phone sat, the phone rang out, startling her. She listened to it ring a few moments before snatching it up from the cradle. Stop doing this to me, she shouted into the phone. Ma'am, this is the operator. 
the nervous female voice responded. Mandy recognized it as belonging to the same woman she had spoken to earlier. I was calling to let you know that the trace was successful. Mandy let out a breath of relief. Where is it coming from? The operator read off the address, and an invisible finger of coldness crawled up Mandy's spine. That that can't be, she told the operator. That's the address I'm at now. That's where I'm calling from. That's where the calls are coming to. The operator hesitated a second. That's where his calls are coming from as well. You'd better get out of there. I'm getting the police out to you as soon as possible. The next thing she felt, aside from the iciness crawling across her skin, was the phone slipping through her fingers as it fell to the floor. She almost couldn't breathe. This guy, the one calling her, watching her, was already inside the house. Mandy slowly turned and glanced up the stairs toward the door of the children's bedroom to have a look. Just in time, she saw the massive figure right behind her over the banister, leaning down over it, just above her, his hand reaching down for the top of her head, his fingers grasping for her. No! she screamed as she ducked and fled toward the front door. Grasping the doorknob, she pulled and yanked, but the door refused to open. She tried the lock and noticed it was broken. Turning back, she saw the man coming down the stairs, a howl of anger escaping his lips. She made a mad dash past the stairs for the kitchen the back door if she could just make it but what if he'd broken the lock there too was he creeping around this house all night maybe messing with the doors while she was sleeping as she ran she noticed the closed door to her left underneath the stairs the basement she had to reach the basement and lock herself in at least until the police got there Oh, the children, though, the children upstairs. She hoped they were okay because there was no way she could get past him. That strange man had blocked the stairs from her being able to get up there. Diving for the basement door, she grabbed the handle and discovered to her relief the door was unlocked. In one swift motion, she jerked it open, slid through the opening, and slammed it back engaging the lock. Just a second passed before a large body slammed into the door from the other side, causing it to bulge and shake inward. The knob rattled violently and fists pounded on the outside. The man's voice howled in rage. For a moment, she feared he might just break through and grab her. But thankfully, the door remained in place. After a minute, though what felt like an eternity passed, the pounding resided, and she listened as the heavy footsteps 
shuffled away. Turning to look down the stairs, the dark abyss of the basement below beckoned to her, offering protection. She stumbled down the stairs and looked around. The basement windows were small but possessed just enough space that she might be able to crawl through if she could get one open. She stopped and caught her breath, considering the options. The operator said on the phone that police would arrive shortly, but just how shortly was it really? Could she go ahead and climb through a window and maybe beat it across the street to a neighbor's, pound on their door and hope they might bring some help? Somebody had to get to the children and make sure they were okay. What if that maniac was up there right now doing something dreadful to them? The sound of glass crashing behind her sent her scurrying to one of the dark corners of the basement. She pressed her back into the corner and watched as a shadow dropped down from one of the windows to the floor across the room from her. It slowly straightened up and turned toward her, standing there as if just frozen in place, watching her. Her breathing increased again as the shadow finally stepped toward her slowly. It came closer and closer to the edge of the shadows, where light from a street lamp shining through the window near her cast a glow down to the floor. Soon, Bobby's face came into view. Bobby, she cried, relief creeping into her heart. This was a joke, wasn't it? Bobby's face came further out of the shadows. His face, but not his body. His head, only his decapitated head dangled in the air, held by the hair and the large, blood-spattered hand of a maniac. In the other hand, the man carried the knife, still dripping fresh blood. Mandy screamed at the top of her throat, and the sound mingled with that of the approaching sirens outside. As the maniac stepped closer, a blackness enveloped her, and she felt herself collapsing, slipping into unconsciousness. But before that blackness completely enveloped her, she also heard the sounds of crashing wood and footsteps pounding on the floor above and voices shouting. When she awoke, she found herself being carried outside on a stretcher by two paramedics. She sat up before they reached the ambulance and took in her surroundings. One of the first things she saw besides lights from the squad cars parked nearby were the two children that had been under her care, standing safely with a female police officer. Thank God. Another officer, this one a man, stood stood nearby the stretcher near the ambulance doors and spoke to her. She could make out just some of his words. He told her that they'd caught the man who attacked her and killed her boyfriend. 
the man was most likely the same suspect they'd been after for the past few months who was responsible for the deaths of at least three other teenage girls in nearby states. He'd been hiding inside the master bedroom upstairs of the Michelson's home and calling her from their separate extension. He had not harmed the children, but he managed to catch her boyfriend before the poor boy made it to the front door. They found the man must have been using the window in the laundry room to get in and out because they found it slightly open. Before the ambulance doors closed, Mandy saw one of the squad cars drive slowly past. Her attacker sat in the back seat watching out the window. He made eye contact with her in that moment, his face pressed to the inside of the window. She could see a scar lined one of his cheeks, and greasy hair hung down each side of his whiskered face. A scary grin creeped across his face, and he spoke to her, mouthing the words. Though she had very little experience reading people's lips, she could definitely make out the words, and a new chill ran down her spine. I'll see you soon. enjoyed that story. I hope you did too. The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs. I think one of the best urban legends out there. It's been around for decades and decades and probably will remain until the end of time. So my friends, that's the episode and I hope you enjoyed it and got a good scare from it. And now I leave you to your 4th of July weekend. And I shall return in a few weeks to share another story or two. Until then, keep roasting those marshmallows and enjoying the summer nights, the fireworks, the beaches, the car rides. But please watch out for strangers. And by all means, have a happy haunting. (laughs) 